very much it's it's guests should be comfortable i should be comfortable okay so, yeah. i've uh, brought some books magic with me interesting that you might find interesting and i of course have your book Do you think? yeah 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 <laughs> oh yeah these are kind of things that i'm um kind of behind the thinking okay yeah but uh, right, uh, yeah my thinking about Things. I can see some trend there. I did finish the book. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, that's Finished good. Finish. I think you might be the I, first. I went through it quicker than I thought I would. Cause... There we go. And welcome to the podcast, Jim. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you here. Finally, after a bit of back and forth. Yes, it has been a bit yeah. of our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying, uh, yeah, so this is your, your first time you've been on a podcast. You've done it radio is. stuff. That's right, yeah. What ra- what radio stuff have you done? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> just mainly, well, local radio things okay. where I'm doing events, basically. Uh, are you That's doing Lincoln City Radio or? or? I haven't done Radio Lincolnshire. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With this... I've got something to talk about as well, so you do. Well, maybe I ought to kind of um, t- uh, contact some radio people about this yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, well, we'll go with the, the hardest question first. Oh dear, right. Okay. What do you do, Jim? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do I do? Uh, well, I, I'm mainly a composer. Okay. I've been writing music for a long, long time. Um, but that's kind of... Um, that kind of leads into all sorts of other things. And I started working with words mm-hmm. um, in the 90s and uh, found I enjoyed it. Yeah. And there was something about less, there being less pressure than my main, uh, my, my main artistic um, idea, idea yeah. or, or genre or whatever. Occupation. So, uh, <laughs> occupation. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, mainly a composer. But um, when I started working with words, I found I could... Um, yeah, I hadn't got the, the baggage I was carrying around with the, uh, with the musical side of things. So um, I, I work with words and I work with sound. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Um, it's a nice interblend, then, between it you. It is, yeah, it time. is. So with your composing work is that all instruments or is that specific to... well it's uh, mainly either piano or uh, electronics okay and at the moment i'm working a lot on this denizen project with a um lots of uh, battery powered um yes. synths the idea being that i've i've I found a, a battery uh, amp okay. and uh, a, a mixer that can run on batteries as well so the entire thing could literally be, f- be performed anywhere that's kind of cool because uh, you've got like a nice yeah. little analog side of Absolutely. something quite digital yes and then exactly. you plug something yeah. manual into, and i quite like that well, what i like about the piano is that everything i write for piano uh has some fluidity to it it has a sense that you can uh, you can alter it and yeah. each performance or recording or anyone uh wanting to play it will uh, it will result in a slightly or even sometimes radically very different outcome depending on who's doing it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that aspect fulfills kind of uh, free-flowing, expressive or, um, or responsive sort of 
uh, side of things, whereas the electronics, mm-hmm. uh, I quite like working with things that are very mechanical. So uh, it's it you, you're creating a um, uh, more of an object in sound. Mm-hmm. So I like the the contrast between the two. That's really uh, interesting. So have have be able to have two different, uh, very different approaches to yeah. to music. Because music, music to me, I mean, I'm. If anything, I'm a visual artist. Okay. When I create things, yeah. I, you know, I, I've done. I think during uni, I did some experimentation with sound art, which I loved doing. I, I absolutely okay. loved it. I got really into um, is it Mersbau, who does he does a lot of like sound oh, okay. installations and stuff like that. And I she was introduced to a lot of that kind of thing, and I, I went down like the video art line of okay. doing things, uh-huh. um, which is something I don't, I don't really do nowadays, which is you know a bit sad. But um, yeah, I do a lot of illustration stuff. So when people talk about music and sound, to me, it's fascinating because it's okay. something which I've never even thought of. Yeah, yeah, that's something I could kind of like go into. I've, I've like, I mean, I studied clarinet in school and, and mm. can play guitar at like a very basic garage band level. Yeah. <laughs> but when someone comes along, I say, yeah, you know, I compose music. I'm like. You you what you <laughs> you take sound and you write it down? That's insane. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it kind of fascinates me of, of how you okay. get into that. So you used to say as well, like with it being kind of seeing piano is more as like an organic flowing thing, and then leading into something more structured and mechanical. Whereas I always think of piano as quite a structured thing. Okay, because. I grew up on wood instruments and with air affecting everything, whereas piano is just keys. So yeah, like, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. In, in a sense, it is. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So on that whole whole side of things, the mm. piano is possibly the more the more mechanical, more, more mechanical. Of, of of the of that side of what I'm describing. So yeah. we've got the digital sort of electronic stuff, yeah. but and I I see what you mean because I yeah. would agree that the piano, yes, is is in the more Fixed, functional. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is it still classed as a string instrument, the piano? Um, percussion, actually, I think. Percussion, yes, yeah. yeah. This is again, the hammers like, hit. The yeah, you got the hammers on the strings, but yeah. I'm like, but I guess I could do that on a violin. Would it then be a percussion well, it instrument? Makes it into a sort of dulcimer, sort of something. Yeah. I mean, so this is the first podcast I've had to do homework for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the sense of you handed me a book prior. And yeah. I was like, okay, I will we'll have to read this book. Um, and I have read your book. You have, yeah. I've read it page to page. I'm impressed. All 37 pages. And I know I find it very interesting. Okay. I find it interesting from the idea of, again, because in a way it's, it's you know, you, you, you're a composer, musician, that kind of realm of things. I found it quite interesting to read something knowing that. Because if I'd have read this not knowing that, I could. I feel like it could have come from any artistic medium. Mm. It could have come from visual art. It okay. could have come from other, other things like that. But knowing you're into composing and knowing you're into your sound stuff, it kind of put a different slant on it, just kind okay. of in my head, because it was like, from if I'd have read this in terms of, like, I've read manifestos before, which is what the Denizens Handbook is, is your, is your manifesto. It's claiming to be. It's claiming to be your manifesto. <laughs> um, like I've read, I've, so I've read like the Dadists' manifesto. And, oh, yes, and yes, yes, yes. And all those yeah. ones. And you kind of look at it and you go, okay, yeah, this, the way they word things is very visual. It's very, right. very along the lines of you picture it and you go, yes, if I saw that piece of artwork, I could see how that relates to that manifesto. So when kind of reading yours, I was thinking of it, it's like, well, I'm not going to see this. Hmm. I'm not. Okay. There's, there's no visual aspect to come out of this because it's written by a composer. Yes, it's something I'd hear, and then I was like, 
would I hear it? Would I know, knowing having read this manifesto, if someone else read it and took this on and said, this is going to be my, the way I make work? And I was like, I don't know if that would. I don't know if I'd be able to pick that up. But I don't know if Ooh. that's just me because I'm not um, into, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Or whether you think, you know, you could see that. Would you recognize someone else taking on your <laughs> your I mean, life's work? In a sense, I'm feeling, I, I, I feel it's kind of irresponsible, this book. Because okay. um, I have no, <laughs> I have no idea if there are consequences to it in the sense that somebody else might okay. choose to work by it. Um, There's sugar there. If you and well. Thanks. Um, it, it's, from my point of view at the moment, it only exists as something I've written in response to some of my work. Okay. So, um, in a sense, I don't know what the consequences are of, it, of having written it down having published it yeah and put um, it out into the for free seeing consumption i do say um as in uh in the book that um i do question whether anybody listening to my work would benefit from reading this. reading it and my conclusion is probably not because that's <laughs> not the, that's not the point i, I mean they, I, I think uh, i would like people to hear the music and respond to it yeah uh, just um, uh, person to person, I, I, you know, I, I don't need them to sort of subscribe yeah. to to a particular way of thinking. I think it's interesting because it's like, in a way, it's like you've 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 published your own cliff notes, in a way. Okay. Of, you, you know, like when you read a novel mm. and someone comes along mm. and says, "Oh, here's all the short short form of what I've made." Yes, kind of yes, yes, yes. And I thought I think that's quite interesting. I think that's true with any manifesto. I think with any mm. artist, any artist statement. Yeah. Any website or any anything anyone puts out, even these podcasts for me, these inform you a lot about the stuff which I create. Yeah. Without even intention, you know. It's, so you kind of you do remove a little bit of the mystery to it because people can then do yeah. their background research on you, can't you? You know, yeah. they, they go, oh, I've seen this piece of work I really like. It's like, oh, yeah. you've got a book. I'll read the book, and then it tells them mm. a little bit more. So I think it's nice to have that out in the world. Hmm. But I do get what you, you're saying. It can feel a little bit irresponsible because you are putting extra information about yourself. Yeah, well, there's that the element. Yeah. But I'm just thinking of whether somebody would act on this. Okay. Um, you, you, you know. Would you like someone to? I mean, that's, I guess sure. that's the question. Like, you put it out there. Would, how would you feel if someone came up and said, no, this is... This is how I, I, I think it's. I, I stand by it. Okay. I do stand by it. Yeah. But um, I mean, you published this this year, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, I do stand by it, but I I also think that um, uh, I was very attracted to. I mean, you mentioned the the Dada Manifesto and uh, the the Futurist did one, didn't yeah. they? Sort yeah. of. Um, uh, yelling it from a stage, I think, at one point. Yeah. Uh, and um, that whole era, the sort of early 20th century, there was a lot of... Um, uh, uh, so many sort of uh, new ideas. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me? Um, uh, sort of challenging mm. new ideas. And uh, one of the things... Uh, people seem to know a lot about the um, the sort of the more visual art or, or, or sort of... Um, Art, art hmm. um, uh, manifestos, yeah. but um, uh, it was happening in music as well. And there's a, really? an Austrian composer, uh, Josef Matthias Hauer, 
uh, H-A-U-E-R, and he's, um, he wrote a couple of treatises, he called them, but they were uh, they're manifestos of a kind. Yeah. And he talks about this idea called melos, and this melos is, uh, runs through all of life and, uh, and uh, the world, the universe, and all of this, and uh, 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 everything is based on the uni- universal truth of, of the number 12, and uh, there are 12 musical notes, uh, and and then therefore they represent a, a cosmology of some sort and then this me- melos would flow through the music and you would it would be um it would represent the sort of ultimate truths and universal something or other balance yeah. and all this and uh, i i've read quite a lot about him i've read uh, read his books yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about, but this is. <laughs> but there's something sort of. Uh, there was that whole a, apart from the sort of the uh, the mechanizing of things mm. uh, at that time. There was always there was also that sort of. Um, there was the whole sort of theosophical influence, wasn't there? The, yeah. uh, you know, the Madame Blavatsky and all of that. And um, so they were, they were sort of a, a strange mix between, between sort of having a, a, new, a revolutionary new rational kind of uh, artwork, uh, yeah. including music, and, and, and sort of having this sort of, um, uh, you know, this almost fantastic uh, out of this world uh, view of some sort of cosmic order or yeah. some, something similar to that, and uh, so I wanted to bring some of that into into my manifesto, yeah. uh, and it came out of um, I, when I first moved to Lincoln in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started writing about the waterways of Lincoln yeah. uh, in a series of, of compositions. I, I wrote these. Um, uh, uh, these nocturnes, five nocturnes, based on on um, uh, the Fosdyke Canal. Okay. So uh, then I I've, I've done various other waterways around around Lincoln, um, and uh, people keep asking me. Um, well, the the thing that the thing that kept coming up was uh, now you're influenced by and you're inspired by these uh, these waterways and you know and and I, I I'm thinking of influence and influence and intu- intuition and and uh, inspiration these sort of things that just didn't feel right to me. Yeah. I kind of wanted to try and try and address those and then uh, basically. People were asking me, how do you get from a waterway in Lincoln to a composition, sometimes involving words, sometimes not? Yeah. Uh, And uh, I thought I'd address that. But I'm I'm addressing it in a way which is kind of what I know and then sort of projecting out into uh, an an unknown. That that, that area about uh, about all that that I... um, I don't understand, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I don't think I've ever been inspired. Um, I, I put in these these words: affinity, affiliation, and affirmation. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of have an affinity with a place, and I have a uh, an affiliation to an art movement, or a, yeah. or a yeah. and uh, affirmation is that um, is kind of an anti-criticism statement i see nothing valuable in a critic in the sense of what they do is demolish somebody's work i i want i i want to see us all 
um, affirming and, uh, uh, you, you, you know, sort of finding the strengths in what we're doing and what yeah. other people are doing and helping us to kind of build them and build on them. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So it's a challenge to the idea of inspiration. It's a challenge to the idea of... Uh, of um uh of of um uh, uh, uh inspiration and um it'll come to you uh, it'll come to you, yeah. <laughs> come to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, do you see what i mean yeah, yeah. no i get kind of what you starting mean. Point. It's, in a way you kind of you you're taking that that uh i mean it's happening to me now my brain's just gone blank um you're taking that whole idea of being questioned on your work and in a way trying to give people that insight of just you know how you come to that conclusion yes. which is as an artist is very hard to do it's something which yeah i've had numerous conversations about on this podcast okay. when someone's yeah. kind of sat and said how do you do what you do you know how do you because yeah. i i produce a lot of work I, I i keep going i just i just keep flaring out work the way i say it is is kind of um it's compulsive creativeness you can't really stop it or oh, I can't really stop it. Um, so trying to translate that to people and say, oh, hey, yeah, you know, this is how you could do it. You know, a few formulaic ways of narrowing down my abstract into something which you could kind of get. So I kind of, I get that kind of idea. I found interesting the statement which you had at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, I mean, going with what you just said and the whole idea of like um, being one-on-one with artists and that sort of thing and I always find that interesting because artists vary so much in terms of what they want from other artists okay yeah because I've yeah, had yeah. conversations before of people saying we have to be completely supportive of all other artists you know we should you know everyone should look to raise, raise each other up and we should all be all you know helping and, and all that kind of stuff and I kind of disagree mm, okay yeah, from yeah. the point of view I think that conflict creates better art mm-hmm. it creates yeah. more challenging art yes it creates you to consider your own work so when someone comes along as competition mm. they're not necessarily saying you know what you're doing is bad and i'm better mm. than you mm. all they're saying to you is you should up your game a little bit you know mm. this is what i'm doing i've taken you know what you're doing and what you're creating mm. so you can raise yours a little bit and we can help each other do that mm. by competing Essentially, yes, 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 that's fine, but that doesn't rule out um, uh, uh, affirmation. No, it doesn't. It, you yeah. can still be affirming of somebody's work, even if what you're doing is apparently yeah. completely opposing. I think so, yeah. one of the best yeah. examples of that comes from um, say, from rap music okay. because uh, a lot of rap musicians they obviously rap as a genre is about bravado, 90% of it is about. Okay. Ego, it's about bravado, regardless mm. of what you're rapping about. There'll be one or two verses which are, I'm the best, mm. you know, it's not everybody else. And then they meet other rappers, and you're like, well, you can't you can't all be the best, can you? You can't all, all be there. And it's like, well, yeah, we're all saying we're the best, but we're not saying we're the best to say this other person's terrible. Okay. We're saying we're all the best. Now prove okay. you're better than me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> kind of thing, you know, increase your, increase your balance. Because I, I found it interesting you saying, um, like, there's a line of, no more feeble and weak artist statements, which made me think you'd read some feeble and weak artist <laughs> Well. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't name names. You go to a gallery, you yeah. see somebody's artist statement, uh, and you... Is it's the idea that it's interesting you because you, you said about um, artists working in so many different ways, mm. but um, 
uh, that pressure to write that artist statement for a gallery or yeah. for a, for an exhibition, you you you've got to kind of. I feel sometimes people are trying to think, just trying to get some words down. You know, yeah. they've maybe get, been given two hundred words or something, and they've got to kind of. I love when artists have to write about themselves. Mm. When for their entire lives they've learned how not to talk about themselves and how to create art about themselves. Yes. Because you're going, okay, I've spent 20, 30 years mm-hmm. of my life learning to paint everything I feel inside. So I didn't have to write it down. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. need an agent. Pretty much. That's what you need. Pretty much, yeah. There's the other yeah. line, like you're just saying, uh, <laughs> persuasion perhaps, um, but conversion never. Yeah. Of, of having conversations with artists and conflicts. And I thought that was yeah. a really, really nice line. Yeah. Cause um, I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of, you can, can exchange ideas, you can exchange conflict yeah. and you will try and convince the other person, which in a way a manifesto does try to do. Yeah. But you know, it, in a way it, it hardens your resolve. I find. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, someone yeah, comes okay. up and says, you're doing that wrong. And I'm like, Hmm, am I doing that wrong? Or can yeah. I do this more my way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> push it the other way. Well, I, what I'm saying there is is uh, is that thing about uh, criticism. If all it is is a is a, uh, a negation of something else, yeah. but if you're going to have something constructive, then say the constructive thing. Yeah, and it may be completely opposite to what I'm saying. Or, I'm kind of uh, curious. But, uh, no. Yeah, um, sure. Kind of what what your background is outside of compositions and things like that, because in a, in a way that this is it's quite formatted. In terms of, I mean, you, you so you have your your, ca- your chapters and you break them down into individual mm. points, and it reminded me a lot of uh, when I read uh, notes from Sartre and okay. on existential and humanism, because okay. that was from a lecture, and it was it was oh, yes. broken down yeah. into yeah, yeah, yeah. questions essentially people yes. had asked them during this yes. lecture, oh. so it was just notes and it was going on in yeah. that kind of way. So yeah. I'm kind of like, how did you come to that conclusion of, of doing it like this, or is that part of the the denizen way? Well, um, no, the, the the absolute honest truth about that is that I was writing down ideas and I was aware of um, um, uh, uh, the Tractatus. Is it, it's um, Wittgenstein, isn't it? Tra- yeah. Tractatus. And uh, that he did everything as uh, in, in sort of clauses and subclauses and things. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I just thought I like that idea. Yeah. So I'll do something similar. Uh, also, so really, the, um, uh, there's more more of a sort of oh, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Particularly, I mean, to be honest, it reminded me of uh, as well as when you kind of you get Bibles. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah. they've got those yeah. little brief passages and brief news. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapters and verses yeah. and all of that. Yeah, keeps yeah. it keeps it fairly yeah. formulaic. Which again, I mean, leads into what you were saying about the whole idea of taking something and getting more into that form of like doing with your digital art and and, and construct and, and that mm. kind of stuff. This is this is as final as you can get, really. That's what sorry. It's as final as you can get. So okay. like with music, yeah, obviously, sure. there's always a chance to edit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once, once it's, it's printed, printed, yeah, it yeah. becomes a, an extra thing. Yes. Do you yeah. think you could see yourself down the line doing another one? Um, the handbook Mark Two, version two. <laughs> y- yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it might be a a correction of it. I don't know. I think I don't know. In a way, with manifestos, I always feel like you know, kind of like the Constitution in the U.S. Where they don't edit it, they just add an extra bit, uh, extra clause. It's just it's, you know we said this over here, yeah. But clause thirteen, yes. Okay. Is, this and the other. I feel yes, like yes, you yes. could go that way with it. Or just keep, yeah, keep yeah, me andering yeah. back. I'm like, no, I've decided now. This is the new way. This is the new way. I have realised I've got to 
relinquish control of it because yeah. with with anything with anything creative you um, you, you can't can't dwell on it can't res- uh, you can't uh, determine how people are going to respond to it no not, uh, um, have you had any negative response to it uh not not yet no, no but i mean um, we hope we don't get a negative um, response well, uh, i think i kind of warn people off in my initial <laughs> statements and i mean if somebody wanted to criticize it i'd yeah. just let the criticism stand i, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. see any point in kind of continue to argue its position um uh, i feel like with, with the the things you say in it i feel like even if you did get criticism in a way you could wear that as a little badge oh, maybe, just yeah, like yeah. this in a way you've done exactly what was intended to do you mm. put a statement out saying this is how yeah. you know i personally do what i do yeah. um if you disagree then you're just not doing what i do yeah in a, in a way exactly that's it yeah. yeah yeah how did you kind of come across with the name the denizen well um because so you're, you're jim sim mm-hmm. but you're the, also the denizen yes do you, do you make a separation between that um yes yeah yes i do yeah yeah um I, I've I've been um, I've lived in a number of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Nottingham, lived in Newcastle, London, mm-hmm. Brighton before moving here. That's a lot of places. Uh, out of those places, Brighton is the place that I would consider uh, the home, my, okay. my home. That is the um, uh, place I've most felt at home, uh, and I've felt that moving to Lincoln at uh, the age I did and um, in the way that I did, mm-hmm. that um, I would never feel like uh, I could be from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, there was something different from being uh, a citizen of, of Lincoln. And I, um, I was aware of the word denizen, and a, um, one of the dictionary definitions is somebody... Uh, granted uh citizenship of a place and i felt that i could be a denizen of lincoln but never a citizen or never somebody from lincoln and for that reason i uh the denizen is a sort of an outsider name yeah um and i kind of like that because i can get a a different view i I mean I've, i've written music about um uh based at Stamp End, at uh, Stamp End Lock. Mm. And uh, most people from Lincoln laugh immediately when I say that, because uh, what Stamp End? Why would you write music about Stamp End? Because it's, uh, it, you know, I, I mean, to me, it's, yeah. it's a really nice uh, nice area, but yeah. um, uh, in the sort of hierarchy of, of, of places to live in Lincoln, it's not the most... Uh, it's not the most sought-after area. No, but yeah, I, I, I you know, um, to an outsider, to the, but spent to, a, yeah. a, a long time in uh, uh, in the east end of London, and I, um, I think, remind Stamp you, End looks pretty <laughs> lovely to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of curiosity to it because I, I mean, I, I'm so I'm originally from Scunthorpe. Okay, so I'm only up the road. Um, and I, I'm very much a person who I never feel, I've never felt like I'm, I'm of a place, okay. even even Scunthorpe. Well, that's really good. You know, it's never been a factor in my life, uh, geography-wise. My brother lives in Nottingham, 
so I'm over there on a fairly regular basis. And there's never been anywhere like I've just gone, yeah, that's you know, that's very me. At most, I can say I'm English. And okay. that's, that's kind of a, a, uh-huh. a, a point. Um, so when you go to other cities and you, you kind of, I always find it nice and interesting when you, you meet friends and you say, oh yeah, I went, I went down this way. And I went, and it's like, why? Why did you go down there? There's nothing down there. I was like, well, to you, there's nothing down there. But to me, who's never seen any of this, it's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm looking at it going, I haven't seen this building before. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's a random great. street, but yeah, it's really nice because I, I went to um, went to Canada last year. Um, took myself on a, a, a bit of a road trip, and it's just like going around things. I spoke to a few Canadian friends. It's like, why did you go to this random town in between two major cities <laughs> where there's nothing there? And I was like, yes, there's nothing there, but there is a museum about canoes, and I found that fascinating. <laughs> Because I've never seen a museum about canoes before. <laughs> but to me, that seemed amazing. <laughs> and there's a, there's a niceness in just being a little bit outside yeah. of things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you, do you think you? I mean, do, do you think it affects your work in the sense of if you were somewhere like uh, you're saying where you feel at home? Do you think the work you make there greatly differs from the work you make outside of being there? Yes, like, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, find yeah, it yeah. easier or harder to make work away from? Easier. Yeah? Yeah. Why so? Um, Why do you think, anyway? I know there's no definitive answer. Well, I, I, um, since I was a, a teenager, I've always liked going to places that are, uh, are not quite city okay. or they're a bit kind of um, off the beaten track, old railway tracks and... Mm. Uh, there's a place near where I grew up that, that had been a uh, a big rail yard um, that had been torn up, okay. but it still had gun emplacements and things from the Second World War, and there were all these wow. concrete bunkers and things. Yeah. And, uh, I realised um, some maybe 10, 15 years ago that there was a term for this, and that was Edgelands. Okay. And uh, uh, there's a book by, uh, on my pile there, by um, mm-hmm. yeah, Paul Farley and Michael Simmons Roberts. Yep, and um, it defines the Edgelands really. Okay. Um, the the chapter titles, you know, there are there are canals in the chapter titles, car parks, and all sorts of things. Uh, shopping centre, car parks, uh, out of town, um, out of town um, retail parks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Canal sides are particularly edgeland, I think, and uh, yeah, I I've come to the conclusion that in Lincoln, anyway, there's uh, the um, all of the waterways in Lincoln are, are are edgelands because so many of them are, are drainage channels. Yeah, and it's only the uh, the canal and the Witham going out uh, past um, Stamp End yeah. that is navigable. Um, yeah. Uh, there are lots of other waterways, but none of them are navigable because you've got the the Witham yep. going down um, down to the south of the city. Yep. You've got um, uh, Sinsel Dyke um, as well, which is a drainage channel. Yeah. Um, main drain, and uh, there's a uh, there's a main drain and a something else drain. Uh, yeah. yeah, but lots of them. Yeah, and uh, but most of them are, are quite natural. They, um, you see, sort of flows of of beautiful sort of water 
plants and then yeah, yeah. Um, that somebody's thrown a shopping trolley yeah. into and uh, you know but they they get fished out now fascinated yeah. by the idea that at, um, uh, on Cinsel Bank mm-hmm. uh, people have a um, uh, the, there's a voluntary um, uh, team, team yeah. of people who who go in and and clear out all the rubbish and so actually most of the time it's just a beautiful stream through going through the city Definitely, that people yeah. hardly notice i think that's one way where you kind of i think it's, is it when you're down portland street and and down that way yeah. and you're just kind of looking at these massive concrete rivers Ooh. and you're just, just looking at them you're just going okay yeah well, these are just here yeah and then you, you keep an eye i always find them fascinating when it rains heavy and then you, they're about three foot deeper than yeah. you think. And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't actually know where the bottom of this is when you look at Like, I'm seeing it and I'm thinking that's got to be fairly close to the bottom because this is a very deep, yeah. uh, very deep drop. And at the same time, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't dive into there to save somebody if, if that situation well, came well, Just after I moved here, and it was uh, this was also uh, really attractive to mm. me that um, a. Um, uh, I met a friend of my mum's who'd lived in this area, literally our area, yeah. um, uh, the whole of her life. Um, she must have been in her 80s yeah. by then. And she stopped me once uh, along the Brayford and she said, um, is it true that, that Brayford goes on forever? And I said, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you mean. And she said, well, th- it doesn't have a bottom. It just goes on forever. <laughs> okay. And I, I, you know, I, I wanted to laugh. And then I thought, what? what? I said, no, no I don't think it's question. actually that, that deep. Yeah. And it occurred to me that it's quite possible that as a child, three-year-old, four-year-old, yeah. there were no barriers in those days, yeah. 70, 80 years ago, that... Um, she was probably told not to go near the water because yeah. it goes, goes on forever. Yeah, it yeah. goes on forever, and she'd held that all her life. That's quite interesting. But I don't, I, I, I won't ridicule that because no, no. although it's it, it's funny, yeah, it's also incredibly uh, uh, appealing. That idea yeah. of a, 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 a that you can uh, having your holding your mind an idea like that and. Yeah. Uh, your whole life. That's really. interesting. So when we were in uh, uni, we had uh, a clutch of international students on our course. I think they're from Catalan. Okay. Um, and there was a couple of them made short films, which were were tragedies. They, they were it was you know romance and, and usual student short film fodder. Everyone makes terrible films in uni. That's what we do. You know, everyone's everyone shot a black and white film where someone commits suicide. That's that's the standard thing in uni. <laughs> Um, but they kind of made these films and they gave it, it was a really dramatic score. It was bombastic orchestral music, which they'd ripped somewhere from online. And it was, you know, romantic shot along the Brayford. You saw this couple. And then we were watching it and we were like, we can't figure out where this film's going. Can't figure out what's going to happen in this film. And then in a shot, the, uh, the gentleman turned around and his partner fell into the Brayford. And the whole idea was that she'd fallen into the Brayford and disappeared and drowned as though it was the ocean because the next shot he showed was of the ocean (laughs) and we were there going what this doesn't this doesn't track this doesn't track in terms of what we know of the area and then we're like hang on a minute no to an international student who's going to go home and show this to their friends and family this will make sense because there's nothing to say the Brayford isn't the ocean it's just a huge waterway Mm. in the middle of everything and we were standing there fascinated we're like well you kind of have to change it because Mm. 
we all know. But at the same time, that's yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. You've interpreted yeah. in that way. You've just seen this body of water and gone, actually, no, I can make this look, I can make this look vast yes. in terms of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of what's yeah. there. Because um, I, I don't, I'd like, I find waterways interesting because I don't feel like I could ever live next to an ocean. No. Okay. Because I find it too inviting and scary at the same time. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah um, like I don't like being on boats. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just, I just I don't don't like being on boats, and I don't like the idea of vastness of water. Mm-hmm. But I like being near rivers and lakes. Yeah, like I love okay. being in Derbyshire and lakes, lake districts, and stuff yeah. like that yeah. because I'm surrounded by trees. Yes, with a body okay. of water. Yes, yeah. But yeah. when I look at the ocean, I'm sat there going, hmm. "Okay, I don't know." But then I think I don't know if that's because I'm from small towns and. You know, from small possibly. towns in Lincolnshire, yeah, possibly. And, and not kind of trapped. I mean, the thing about you can you can be um, uh, if if you're on the south coast of England, you've mm-hmm. got uh, the uh, you've got France twenty three or so miles away. Yeah. Um, you know, not far away, and that just feels like it could be the Atlantic Ocean. It could be you yeah. know, it 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 um, and every coast is vast isn't yeah, it yeah. in that sense you know you could, um I've, I've i've been uh been to jersey uh, oh, yeah. and stood on the shore of there and i remember my dad pointing out that you could see france because it's just oh yeah it's just okay. the bottom of france and i was like oh okay. don't any binoculars like no it's just there literally oh, we could okay. be there in the day i was like oh that's strange okay. the idea of being in you know, also isn't it right out far enough into to the atlantic to be able to see to be in in an ocean, I don't know how far it is. I can't Jersey quite remember. Is. It's like it's it's that little cluster of islands yeah. at the base of yes, yes, like yes. France. And, yeah, and my geography is terrible, so yeah. I might be making complete set nonsense. Yeah, it's kind of kind of hooked in there, and you kind yeah. of see, and you can you can travel to France for the day, and yeah, and yeah. it was just that idea of yeah, you can get on a boat and go to this, mm. this whole other language as well, mm. because Jersey's mm. mainly English speaking. Yeah. Because of our occupation and whatnot, and well, our occupation, the German occupation, <laughs> um, and all that kind of stuff, and that just fascinates me. That, that idea, because yeah. in England you're like, well, you know, if you tr- you cross a river, yes, you know, you're in, you're still in England. You know, mm. you can cross bridges and mm. still be in England. You get on a boat, you're still in England. Yes, but yeah, yeah, sure. you cross that one, and you're like, no, yeah. that's another. Yeah, 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 sure. But at the same time, I don't know if it'd be more interesting to be landlocked. Yes, as a country, I don't know. Uh, but thinking about specifically about the Brayford, yes, there was this particular uh, <clears throat> thing that I wanted to um, I put right at the beginning, okay. because I didn't want to. Um, I wanted to explore ideas, but I didn't want to uh, suggest that um, I expected anybody to sort of believe in a particular thing. Mm-hmm. I talk about divining, dowsing, ley lines, all sorts of things. I but I that, don't yeah. expect anybody to believe in those things. I just expect us all to, for a per- for the purpose of the book and for uh, for the purpose of the artworks I'm making, mm-hmm. to to um, go with it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and I put it like this. Um, Uh, I am, whether for a short or long time, inhabiting an idea, but I do not inhabit the idea fully. Um, And I say, I ask that we don't get stuck with not believing in such things. The level of belief may fluctuate, but the concept remains. While it remains, it exists. While it exists, I occupy it and I am occupied by it. Um, And uh, it was that, um, that thing from Kath and the... 
uh, and the the endless Brayford mm-hmm. that made me realise that uh, I didn't have to know a fact about the depth of the Brayford. It was the idea, and that's yeah. it, you know it's interesting you, you took that on to the uh, to the uh, editing. Yeah. Of it going from sort of uh, uh, inland waterway to, to ocean. Yeah. I, I found it, I was kind of just looking, flicking through then, and there's a section which I'm just going to flick back to if I can find it, which I found really interesting. Because I, I found as I was reading it, you you do make a lot of effort to to open your idea to people, to, okay. make, it, to make it accessible. Because oh, okay. you obviously you actually make a statement, and then once you've made that statement, you go... Okay, but this is my statement, and you just would trying to open your view to include oh, okay. my statement. Right. Okay. So you yeah. to avoid people kind of saying, "Oh, well, you've said this, so you must we must follow this one line." You, there's still enough room for people to kind of move around it, essentially, sure, okay. which I really liked that whole oh, idea. Good, good, good. Um, it was yeah. So it was, it was in your miscellaneous notes, okay, in the, in the invocation section, yeah, where you just start to list oh, things yeah. you invoke, and I thought this is this is really nice because you've been on such a journey up to that point of things which you were kind of saying and how, yeah. to, how to live, but leaving so much room in that okay. original section. But then you get to your invocations in this, I invoke the Eldritch of the Supernatural. I invoke all aspects of divination in, in, as means of transformation. I invoke a very specific ontology based around the concepts of discernment and perception. And it goes on. And I was like, that's really nice because it's, it's taken everything you've said and then just stamped at the end. No, this is this is what I've said, and these are things which I invoke, and I worked into this just to remind you in a way. And I thought that was really nice. It was it was a nice round out to it, that section at least. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so did you? I mean, I find writing not mind numbing, but a challenge. Do okay. you enjoy writing this? Did it? Yes. Help, do you find it cathartic doing it? I'm not sure cathartic is the word, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, cathartic, cathartic. Um, I mean, cathartic's a word I use a lot, so we, we may use yeah, it differently. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose to a certain extent, you've got the ideas out somehow. Yeah. yeah. But the that uh, the invocation section. Yeah. Um, started as being uh, under the miscellaneous notes. Uh, it was just going to be a list of uh, uh, um, a list of things I was interested in. Yeah. Uh, so the eldritch and the supernatural, all aspects of divination. So it was a list. Mm-hmm. And then it occurred to me that um, uh, there was the sort of um, the urban weird and the eldritch and the uh, the weird and the eerie aspects yeah. of the of of what I'm talking about. And then invocation just seemed to be, um, it occurred to me that invoking those things was pretty much the, the summary of the book. So, yeah, it was just, but it came, it came around gradually, really. It was yeah. nice as well. Cause it's kind of, it's because it's near the end of the book. It's that kind of call to action. In a sense. I guess so. Like, like you're saying, in the summary. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning okay. where you're saying you're a bit worried about it. Um, well, felt like it was a bit reckless, essentially. It, it, sh- it shuffles off all that for you because mm. it goes, I've said all of this, but I still, you know, invoke you to yeah. to read and, and to go out and do and, and embrace it or as, as little or as much as you feel you should embrace it, essentially. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as, as well, I, I liked the, um, I really enjoyed your, your kind of, yeah, I, I don't know, is it, you, you, what's the word? Creation of words, like where you've got a micro track. Oh yeah, and, and things like that because it, it kind of it gives it its own language, it gives it its own um, 
kind of theory and uh, like I remember reading I think it was it might have been Guidebo uh, or Satra again where it's, it's kind of there's a lot of French phrases fro- thrown in and I, was, I kept having to remind myself what those words meant okay yeah whenever I reread it I'm like there's a, there's a phrase and I can't remember what it is but it's, it's kind of one of those ones of just like just accepting it as it is you know if we look at something and we accept it as it is as it is and, and I was like oh okay yeah no but it's nice because it gives you your own little personal stamp of yeah you know, when I talk about this, I'm talking about this, which is, okay. is yeah. in depth. And I think it was really nice. Really nice Thank to you. read. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, of reckless, recklessness, could you... I mean, do you think of it in terms of this could do damage? <laughs> um, I think people could misunderstand it or, okay. or misinterpret it. Yeah, But I think I'd be fairly careful to sort of uh, to put enough subclauses in to hope that people might yeah. sort of get... I guess what I am clarify what I am actually saying. I guess the fear with anything like this is that you could you could pick and choose what you want. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You could say, you know, oh, I'm going to take oh this paragraph tells me I can yes, do this. Yes, and then quote so particular. therefore yeah. I can go off and do this. But you know, you 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 kind of cover yourself nicely. But people are always doing that, aren't they? You can't really I mean, you can't it. control that. That is that is why you have to get away from the work you create in a sense. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I know I've had I mean, yeah. Podcast is a great example of that. Of uh, we chat for an hour, I've I've chatted with this will be 131. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, that's 131. Half of those with guests and strangers, where I can say one throwing another in the space of an hour. I don't edit it. I do go back and watch it on occasion, but it's not something I kind of delve into. Okay. So when someone comes to me and says, "Oh, well, you said this on a podcast," I'm like, "Did I?" Because that was three years ago, and I don't really remember saying that. But, you know, it's interesting to have that discussion kind of thing. Do you think it's something you'll kind of revisit down the line as a a way of looking at your work? Do you think your work will evolve away from it now that you've written it out? Or... No, no. The Denizen is a specific project. Okay, it's a it's a Jim Sim project yep. project, and uh, I uh, in the eighties I invented the uh, the, um, the the umbrella of um, sound kiosk, okay. which pretty much everything of mine comes comes under. Yeah, um, and um, the Denizen's a specific project within that. So there will be uh, music coming soon, mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> and performances, um, maybe more writings. Yeah, maybe more writings. Um, I'm going to publish a method that I'm using to compose music, okay. which somebody could literally copy and and do their own version of. Because basically, the structure and the outline is is specified, mm. but the content is 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 um, is open. So. Um, People could use that method, yeah. and that will be the that will be a supplement to this. Supplement to yeah. the denizen of how to make denizen music. Yeah. I think that's it's, it's really nice to have. I keep using the word nice. It's, it's, fine. it's a terrible word. It's, fine. <laughs> it's, 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 it's nice to have that as not not the entire project in a way. You know, you've got this, but you've yeah. got extra things to add to you it. You wouldn't want to yeah. restrict it. I don't think. I'd, I don't I'd like know. to feel it was sort of. Done. Some people do with that. Yes, that's true. And I find that fascinating because I always say that work's never done, even if I publish it, even if it's out there. Because, like you're saying, with people being able to get hold of it and interpret it in their own way and use it for their own means, once it's out, it organically grows. You never know what it's going to become. 
No. So it's nice that you you yourself have extras to it kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you haven't put out and gone, yeah, I'm done now. I can, I can walk away. I've, I've, I've set my book up. And it's like, no, no, I've got this. And I'm, I'm, I'm proving it. About, I'm a little cautious about promoting it. Yeah. But, well, partly in the sense that um, I, I kind of have that. No, I don't think you should be... <laughs> I, from having read it, I don't think you should be cautious <laughs> okay. of promoting it. I think you you should feel good about promoting it because I mean, as I say, like I've read I've read quite a few manifestos in the time. In fact, it's one of those things of I've I've never written a manifesto or an artist statement for myself. I have written one for the zine I make, which is okay, yeah. the whole point. Yeah, um, okay. That yeah. has a manifesto and it's clearly laid out. Um, it's only short. It's only like a page. But it's, it's one of those ones of, I always kind of wondered whether I'd write a manifesto. And then I read yours, and obviously you, you invoke people to write a manifesto. Yeah. And I, I kind of sat there and go, but will I? Because again, like, I, I was, for me, because it's, it's like I don't have projects which are kind of encapsulated, it's all of everything. It would have to be for the entirety of everything I do. Um, so it's kind of along those lines. So I think the fact that you've been able to distill your ideas into something formulaic and, and publishable yeah. is, is great. Fantastic. Okay. I think some, some people should definitely read as well. I mean, like you're saying, I mean, there's a lot in this of, of um, quite abstract things and concepts and stuff like that, but a lot of it as well is quite, it's just functional. Okay. You, I mean, you make, yeah. make statements about um, kind of like looking after your mind and your health. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. that's just a, that's quite a functional point. Yeah, but yeah. for an artist, it's a very easy thing to forget. Yes, for a lot of artists. That's true, yeah. I yeah. saw a, an interesting post on Instagram. I think it might have been this morning, actually. Um, friend of mine, Sam DeFreitas, uh, he's a painter, and he's really into exercise. Um, has like a heavy exercise re- re- regime. Does all these kinds of things. And was just curious if other artists did it. Mm. Um, and I, I always find it interesting kind of seeing your Facebook stuff of like gym stuff and, and bits and bits and like that and I'm like for a lot of artists you do forget yes. to kind of just look after yourself absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> in a sense yeah. so it's nice to again yeah. it's, 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 it's having that in a, in, a, in a manifesto which is about work yes but has taken the time to say yeah. actually you know you do have to look after yourself mm. Um, because yeah, there's that risk. There's a question. I mean, the question in terms of how how much you live by your own by your yeah. words is a tricky one because with them, it, I um, I talk about psychogeography and mm-hmm. that comes out of situationism cool and um, Guide Board yep. and uh, the idea of a derive or a drift mm-hmm. and you uh, the uh, an action that you do which was psychogeographic just psychogeographical if that's the term uh and uh situationist is is to walk the city yeah. with no specific aim but um and, and by doing that and drifting through the city mm-hmm. you reinterpret it you misinterpret it you uh you challenge the structures that build a city uh if you consider that in the in situation is terms that the city is a capitalist construct mm-hmm. that you 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 view the um the uh the structures of the city and you deconstruct them or um, maybe that's too specific a term but you reconstruct them maybe into uh 
uh, into having different meanings. Yeah. And the idea of adding the uh, adding a sort of uh, uh, mystical element to it is 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 kind of provocative in itself. Yeah. Uh, and I argue that uh, a human being in the city is re-enchanting a city. Okay. It is actually uh, humans and nature. Nature uh, humans in the city are also nature. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah that's that, that's that. But the um, uh, the um, the the connection with uh, with Gideborg is the idea that um, in drifting through the city you. Um, I've slightly lost where I was going with that, but um, the the point being that you um, where did I start with this? Can you remember? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty. No, just um, basically the idea that uh, of, of where that comes from. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily feel that I'm expressing the same argument that those people were yeah and uh yes i've, I've got back to where 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 i was um apparently guy de Bord hardly did any of this drifting okay That's uh, he yeah. he uh, talked about it yeah and he discussed it with colleagues and there was a philosophical yeah aim to it but um i i've read reports of him maybe doing three of these diaries and that was yeah. pretty much it you know i find that that's incredibly fascinating because I, re- I was recently listening to uh, another podcast uh, which is about the punk movement oh yeah and music and and, yeah, yeah. and all those kinds of things and the amount of uh, essentially i mean obviously the whole whole punk genre was hugely vocal in pushing away oppressive regimes and challenging authority and fuck capitalism and fuck everything else and blah, 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 blah. And going on those, all those down those lines. And then the amount of conversations which they had, which revolved around McDonald's and how much they loved hamburgers and things like that. And I was like, that, that's incredibly fascinating because you're putting out one expression. Yes. But your life... The logistics of life yeah. just enforce you having to do one yeah, thing or another. Yeah, exactly. It r- reminds me of, yeah, like you're saying, with philosophers and, you know, they say so much. You know, they say all these things and, and, and when you get artists as well, like uh, like Andy Warhol and where you've got Studio 54 and all these different yeah. things where they're going, this is how lifestyle is, this is the way you, you art. <laughs> but <laughs> what I do in my own time is my own business. Um, I mean, so in that, in that sense, I mean, are you... Do you find you adhere more to this now that you've written it? Um, I, I no more than before. Yeah, not really. But I, um, my challenge to to that kind of thing is um, uh, the 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 sort of anti capitalist approach to the city is mm. is sort of anti commercial, mm-hmm. and I think the best way to be anti commercial is to 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 do it subversively yes. so I, I i write a whole section on on how to perform subversive shopping yeah and we do all sorts of subversive shopping we did we do it by uh things like free cycle i don't know whether that's still going or, yeah, yeah. um and all those sort of people reselling things uh people giving things away mm. uh online you know uh, an old bed anybody wants it and this yeah, kind yeah. of thing is a it's a subversion of of, of shopping and yeah. uh, um the idea of shopping sales is also um, subversive in the sense that uh, 
that it's the it's that little bit of control mm -hmm. the buyer has uh, in the way a company operates to yeah. maybe get something that they they'd seen earlier that was uh, that was now cheaper. Uh, I, I don't know. There's sort of these little tiny things that might chip away at a yeah. Uh, I mean, I, world. I completely agree with that. I, so I do something which I'm I mean planning on doing eventually, doing a podcast about um, what I call um, silent boycotting. Why call? Sorry, silent boycotting. Okay, which yeah. is essentially where so you you come across something um, and you don't agree with it, so you just you don't just you decide not to involve yourself into it. You know, you find a shop you don't agree with, and you go, "Oh, I'm just never going to buy anything from that shop." But you don't tell anybody about it until somebody asks you. Yeah, essentially, and I, I find that has way more impact from my view of how someone kind of interprets what you say to them. Because if you go online or you go to a friend, you're like, don't do this. Don't don't go out and don't do this. So many people will react to it. You know, they, they're automatically curious or defensive of what you're saying. Whereas if you just, you know, you don't tell anyone, you just kind of stop doing it one day, suddenly there's a notice. You say, oh, what? I, I never see you in there. Why don't I see you in there? It's like, oh, well, just a while back I decided I'm not going to do that. With, with the, the less you explain it in a way, mm. the more people will adjust just to your idea in, in a sense. Um, but I just had a thought in terms of kind of the music and, and work which you've got coming out associated with this and with you mentioning um, kind of the whole idea of psychogeography and going for these walks and everything like that. Is your do you do you think there's a better way or a, a, maybe a specific way to listen to the stuff you make in terms of like is it because obviously you you're you're taking what you've said and, and all those kinds of things the idea of having that on like a, a journey in my headphones or something like that might have more impact or is it, is it something where you think no it's you sit down and you listen to it or do you think I don't know what, 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 what. I, I don't I don't mind what people do yeah. really. Um, uh, I'm aware that uh, people are on a range from some people who uh, are so into their music that mm. they'll put headphones on and uh, and, and sort of really completely en envelop yeah. themselves in it. And there are other people that will have something on in the background while they're yeah. cooking or whatever. I, I don't care really. What, yeah. um, and everything along the... Um, um, uh, along the range from yeah. deep listening to uh, um, to peripheral yeah. ambient listening. I, I really what what kind of listener are you? As someone um, who makes music, the problem is that I can't do. I can't have ever have music in the background right. because if uh, um, most of the work I'm doing involves sound itself, so yeah. you can't have something else going, some other music yeah. while you're getting on with it. And when it's when I'm trying to write mm. with music in the background, my attention's constantly shifting yeah. to the music because yeah. I'm listening to detail within it and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So I can't listen to music like, like uh, yeah. some people can. Um, I can't not engage with it. I mean, is, so I mean, that leads into a kind of a casual question of, of what is your daily listening? What what kind of music do you listen to? Oh God, um, <laughs> really, it's a, it's a huge so question. many, so many different <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I like things that are. Uh, in some sense, abstract okay. in the sense that they're not intended to uh, to have any meaning. Mm. I listen to mainly things without words because sometimes I think Sorry, words. My vacuum cleaner starting. Words are. <laughs> Hang on. Words are. Um, uh, 
words distract from the music. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'll stop him. <laughs> Yeah, see, you listen to a lot of more instrumental music, stuff that doesn't have a particular narrative to it. Yeah. I like the idea of, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not to bring age into it, um, obviously you've been creating work for quite a while, yeah, so I imagine yeah. you have a fair range of genres which have kind of shifted throughout your work yeah i'm uh 59 yeah Yeah. so uh yeah um i'm going back sort of the the late 80s and early 90s i was writing portraits of people in music okay so i did um um uh i was in london london at the time and i Mm. just decided to meet some interesting people so uh uh, Sarah Stallard is a designer. She now uh, designs exhibitions for the Imperial War Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Gambaccini. I went, uh, went to his house to... Inter- yeah. So I interview the person and I write them a piece of music afterwards. Okay. Uh, always 30 seconds long because the idea is that, that um, they were jingles for people. Uh, and That's I did really Gilbert and George cool, yeah. as well. I interviewed them. Oh, really? Uh, really, really... Uh, I can't, uh, can't imagine. <laughs> no, they've got a terrible sense of humour. Really child, childish. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's um, uh, you really, you've had really a depth of, of things yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. experience to kind of get to, to where you are with kind of creating I work. guess so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Gilbert and George, they just wanted to make stupid jokes and uh, they'd done a radio interview uh, hmm. that week and um, um, uh, uh, she said, do you think it's really responsible to, uh, to do you think it's responsible to have uh, words like shit and fuck in your, in your paintings? And they said, would you prefer us to use twat and cunt? Would they be better words? And, uh, and so, I mean, they're, they're just yeah. like sort of kids, really. It's just such a tongue-in-cheek methodology <laughs> with it. Just... Uh, so, and they giggle all the yeah. time, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I did a... Uh, so, yeah, I went to their, their house and... Um, yeah, I went and knocked on the door and then the letterbox opened and said, who is it? And I said, I've got an appointment with you. It's 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So we're still in bed. Oh. <laughs> Come back in an hour. So I, did, uh, I went back in an hour, and they were all in their suits and stuff, yeah. and, and ready for the interview. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 I, mean, I find it interesting as well. You're saying of kind of like making portraits of other people mm. and going from work which is in a way focused on other people mm. to whereas obviously this is very you focused. It's place focused. Yeah. I think. Okay. That's interesting. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think it's place focused and ideas focused. Yeah. Um, is it me focused? Um, only in the sense of it's it, it's one uh, one person's perspective on mm. a number of subjects. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of that, and um, uh, a lot of these people sort of uh, walking places and then writing about it. It's people yeah. like. Uh, uh, like Ian Sinclair mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there's a chap called uh, Nick Papadimitriou and mm-hmm. uh, all these people are sort of Gareth Reese, all these people sort of wander yeah. uh, wander cities and Edgeland areas and everything um, and um, 
uh, I remember somebody sort of criticising the fact that it tended to be sort of older, uh, older middle class white men, yeah. and uh, and somebody responding, well, they have to do, they have to have something to do. <laughs> they might as well be doing this. <laughs> Got to keep them occupied, won't yeah, we? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Keeps them out of trouble, <laughs> guys. Well be, yeah, you might as well be be walking around. Uh, yeah. So, well, what would you rather than be doing? <laughs> this keeps them busy. <laughs> I know. I do. Find, I find that that's that's very interesting, especially you kind of saying um, kind of a generational thing. Mm. It reminds me of there's a line in a um, a Studio Ghibli film where I think it's Howl's Moving Castle, where there's yeah. this. A young woman becomes an old woman, and she's like, "I oh, don't yeah. know why. When I get older, you just, you just find you want to look at things. You know, yeah, she yeah. sat looking at the, the the river or whatever it is. And yeah. she's like, you just find you want to look at things. And I'm like, that's. I mean, to be fair, if I get to that age, I'm, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I do now. I just make it look like I'm doing mm. stuff whilst I'm doing, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but no, this is, it's a very, very interesting. Longer build. time periods don't yeah. bother you so much when you're yeah. older. I've, I think. We we discuss this quite a lot between kind of me and my friends. I mean, I'm 30, and a lot of those are in their 20s. And most of the people I work with outside of doing art and stuff, they're, they're all in their 20s and early years, and mm. they get worried about, you know, turning 22 or, or 25. And you sat there going, no, I mean, it seems like every, every bracket you get to puts your previous area into perspective yeah. to yeah. a point where you kind of when you do reach your 60s and 70s, you just look back and you're like, yeah, I'm just just kind of looking around me yeah. at this point now because... Yeah, why not? You know, you, you balance it. If somebody told me a project would take me five years to complete, it wouldn't bother me. Is this how... Is this take five years? No. How no, quick has this come about? about I'm curious. Uh, about um, uh, two, two and a half years ago, yeah. I just started writing down, just uh, have a notebook with me everywhere, mm-hmm. just... Jot down everything that I uh, I think my mm-hmm. ideas and everything, and uh, then it took about uh, six months to assemble it together. Yeah, really. Yeah. Did you get uh, a sense of it? Did you enjoy the assembly part, or did you enjoy the writing part? Uh, the assembly part was um, I literally printed stuff out. Yeah. Then cut the thing into strips and yep. then arranged it on a table that's yeah. exactly how it works because yeah. when i did my book i found i found the 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 editing the the assembly and everything like that absolutely drained me okay writing yeah. it creating okay. it yeah, yeah i loved yeah it was fantastic it yeah. felt yeah. like you were making something and then yeah. you get to that end stamp and it just kind of stops me it's just like oh no yeah. now i've got to do this and i've got to figure out how to do amazon publishing and all that nightmare, um, and I find it, it kind of took a wind out the sails. Um, so then, yeah, once you're over that hump and it's out, yeah. you get that feeling of a bit of euphoria again. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah people can handle it and, and, and get hold of it. Um, so, um, in terms of work and stuff coming out, is that due this year? You thinking stuff will be out soon? This year is is now September, early um, next year. I think running for, away this year, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't. Might as well just sort of cross it off and move yeah. on, I think. Yeah. Well, early next year? Yeah, early next year, I think so. Sounds yeah. come from you. Yeah, then they, um, uh, yeah I've done one uh, demo track that I, I sent you. Yeah, uh, I had a listen. I, are we running out of time? I mean, we've got a few, few minutes left. Well, can I open up a question? Go for it. And this is one that I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, 
Can I read this section? You can. I re- printed it in bold on page 18. I do know that section. Because I wondered why it was printed in bold. Each iteration of any truth is a new context for that truth, and so is a new, fresh and revitalised truth. The word truth here is meant in the sense of that which is perceived to be true. There is no claim beyond that which is perceived. For this reason, perceived truth must never be trusted implicitly. Within this, there is always danger, and the most thorough caution must be observed at all times. And that uh, is how I see the idea of truth at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous and incendiary word, truth. Yeah. And that's both why I like using it and why um, I fear using it. Yeah. But it, it, you, could, um, you could substitute um, the word idea for that. Yeah. And a particularly artistic idea. Mm-hmm. And my idea of truth is based on... Um, is connected with the idea of originality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't quite get originality um, because if somebody in um, in whenever it was 1918 or something, the uh, Duchamp's urinal yep. gets in the um, uh, gallery. Yep. If somebody six months later um, in in Eastern Europe got the idea of putting yep. uh, a urinal in a uh, in a gallery, mm-hmm. would that be any less original? Okay. And uh, the idea of truth is is similarly because I printed it in bold because almost everything I've said in here yeah. is only something that I've thought of yeah. uh, and uh, myself. I claim no truth for it being uh, no. I make no claim for it being uh, original mm-hmm. or that I've come up with the idea. Um, uh, before somebody else, yeah. it's of no interest to me. And uh, likewise with the uh, with uh, uh, in the arts, the the it seems like people's trump card in terms of criticism is it's been done before. Yeah. And I think that's the least interesting comment you could possibly make. Uh, it, if somebody comes up with an idea independently of somebody else, yeah. it's equally unique and original. And I, I would like us to abandon this idea that that uh, of the first that you know first past the post yep. uh, artistic endeavour mm-hmm. that ah uh, oh, no I can prove that somebody did it two years before then yes uh, and there are so many of these claims and they're so unhelpful yep. uh, I mean in, in in early 20th century music I was talking about uh, Josef Matthias Hauer mm-hmm. well a fellow Austrian Arnold Schoenberg invented this. A, a system of composing with uh, with the twelve notes equally. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, Howard just happened to come up with a similar method yep. some years before, and then there are these ar- arguments between people in favour of Howard and Schoenberg. Yeah. Who gives a toss? Actually, who wrote the most interesting music using yeah. that system? Yeah. Not Howard, not Schoenberg. It was people who sort of picked up on that idea and took it further. Yeah. Uh, mainly Anton Webern, another f- fellow Austrian. And, uh, you know, I, I think 
in hindsight, uh, out of that whole group of composers. Yeah. I think that most people would probably st- say that Webern made the most of it yeah. and, and turned it into something uh, very unique and something very different from yeah. what had happened in uh, happened traditionally. So, yeah, I, uh, th- that's that, that's my sort of motivation behind this book, yeah. really. That yeah. um, you, you know, we don't have to hold on to this idea that uh, uh, a truth is a truth. Yes. A truth is an iteration of a truth and every iteration is different and uh you know we're holding on to these truths as ideas for yeah. as long as they're useful no, i can, I can yeah, that kind of thing so, i completely agree i think that as a as an as a as a statement is, is a very strong statement um especially within the art world i think there's that that there is that view of you know what came first and what is this referencing and and all that kind of stuff yeah. and it it, do, it ignores the fact that as artists we can't help be interpretations of what is around us it ignores the the idea that you know you just ingest everything regardless of whether you mean to or not yeah, true. and the same with anything you create you you reference everything because yeah, yeah. as human beings that's what we do so when you come along and you say no this idea is solidly this one person's idea you 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 refuse to accept that it's an organic process mm. and i think that's a very a very strong statement and i think that's a good place to round this out to as well Great. it's been lovely having you jim it's been really nice to be here thank you you can yeah. get I, you can get denizen's handbook on amazon amazon it? yeah yep. so it's 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 uh, published under their yep. uh, self-publishing. That's cool. And obviously, we'll, we'll look out for any work which you're producing in the. Yes. <laughs> not this year, maybe <laughs> early next year, because if, this if year you, just keeps flying. Uh, if you look for me online, yep. uh, Sound Kiosk is the word. One one word. Sound, sound Kiosk. kiosk. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's been lovely. I, I recommend reading it as yeah. well. Like, as I say, like really I really nice enjoyed enjoyed yeah. reading it. Um, yeah, it's not something. It, I feel like it's not the kind of thing I would have picked up off the bat. It's not something if I'd seen it online, I'd have gone, oh, well, I'm, I'm curious what that is. Unless yeah. I'd known your work prior. Yeah, sure. Because then it would be, yeah, I'm accenting the work which I've seen. Yeah. Um, but I'd, no, I'd recommend reading it. It's a very interesting read. Thank you. But thank you for coming, Jim. Great. And with that, we'll talk to these guys later. Fantastic. There we go. How was that, Jim? Great.